Nation. Welcome back to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two people with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of their favorite shows in order to try to get the other person to have an epiphany, which you should hopefully know if you're listening to this bonus episode. Um, my name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoons. My name is Jessica, and I usually only watch live-action dramas. However, <laughs> in our last episode, we talked about uh, the pilot episode of Arcane, uh, the League of Legends Netflix show, and since then, I have gotten Jessie to watch all the rest of the episodes of Arcane. Actually, you know what? She volunteered to watch all the rest of the episodes of Arcane. <laughs> it was not an act of coercion. And now we're going to talk about the show as a whole, or I guess the season as a whole, because there's only one season out at the moment. Eight episodes. Nine episodes. Nine episodes. A number of episodes <laughs> that I definitely watched. <laughs> that makes it sound like you didn't watch them. I was with That's you. <laughs> we did. We watched them. We watched all of them, I promise. We did. We watched them also with my roommate, uh, Lenny, the mysterious Lenny, who has come up a few times. <laughs> She's a cryptid. Yeah. My question for you today for this bonus episode uh, is, what did you think? What did you think of the show as a whole? Did you like it more or less than the pilot? Did you enjoy watching it? Did you have an epiphany? Uh, it was very good. I do think I like the show as a whole better than the pilot, and... Part of that is the time jump. I really appreciate the time jump. I think it adds a lot of complexity to the characters. I think generally in shows, my least favorite part of a show is the fight sequences. I just find them boring. Yeah. And I think that's definitely true of the pilot of Arcane. Like that very long scene where they're punching each other is just like, okay, let's let's keep going here. <laughs> But every other fight scene in this show is absolutely fantastic. It makes me want to play League of Legends. They're just like, have these big beams going on, these giant uh, punches, and people are going crazy all over the place. I really like the yes. fight scenes. I do too. I think the, I, I saw a post about it, about how like, some of the fight scenes, especially towards the end of the show, some of the characters are using, like, their weapons and their attacks from League of Legends. And, like, it makes the fights cool and interesting, but it also isn't, like, so distractingly video gamey that, like, it breaks the flow of the story, I feel like. I feel like they, like, work it in well enough that you're like, these are clearly video game characters, but also, like, they're also clearly characters in this story. Like, it, it works. Yeah, I agree. I think... You definitely know it's a video game as soon as... Especially the scene where Jace starts fighting with his big hammer. If you yes. somehow did not know that League of Legends was a video game when you saw Arcane League of Legends, <laughs> as soon as you saw that hammer scene, you would have been like, oh, this is a video game. But I do feel like it works in the moment. Yes. Now, that, that fight in episode eight, I think, where Vi and Jace are just going ham with their big gloves and their big hammer is like, oh yeah, these are video game characters doing their video game moves. <laughs> this is a video game now, where it's a little subtler in the scene where Jinx and Vi are fighting off the skateboard dudes. I don't know what they're mm. called. The firelights. No, skateboard dudes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Especially because I think... Like, bombs are a common thing in a video game, but I think the visual aspect of a bomb makes it look very different on screen than it would mm. in a video game. I don't know yes. if that makes sense. 
No, I, 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 I agree. I, I know what you mean. I was just gonna say before we get any deeper into this, there's gonna be a lot of spoilers in this episode. We're gonna, we're gonna spoil things. So if you have not watched Arcane yet and you don't want anything spoiled for you, probably go watch it first. <laughs> yes. The next thing I was gonna talk about, talking about how I felt about the show and if it met my expectations, is my very canon Jay Sulco ship. <laughs> Which you were laughing at and telling me it was ridiculous, despite the fact that they have this cute little sunset meeting and they're like, how did we get to this point? And you're no longer a fresh-faced Academy recruit anymore, are you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You were like, yeah, Jay Silka, OTP. And I was like, that's so silly. But (laughs) hey, we watched that scene in episode nine, I think, where Jason Silka had that moment. And I mean, you know... It's not not romantic. There's a big sunset. (laughs) They just show up. They're like, yes, our life. Jay sends him this little note that has like little perfume on it. It's like, come beat me at sunset. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't argue with you there. I kept this up through the whole watching of the show, mostly to make Natasha laugh. And then we got to the last episode and it's just canon. Like, Jason and Silco are in love. <laughs> yeah, rewatch this show with that context. It will affect <laughs> nothing about the plot except that one scene. <laughs> no, it affects everything in the plot. <laughs> Vander and Silco broke up, and then Silco went and he got himself a hot co-ed to date. And then they broke up. And then... Uh, Jace went to become capitalist bastard man and (laughs) (laughs) Silco became drug lord underlord dude which actually is an incredible ship dynamic there's something very good about the like good side of the city versus the bad side of the city but the leader of the good side of the city who's capitalist bastard man he's not And the leader of the Undercity being big drug lord, dude, and they're supposed to be against each other, but they're in love. That's very good. Look, I'm not going to argue with you that that's not a great ship dynamic, because that would be a great ship dynamic. However, I am going to argue with you about Jace being a capitalist bastard, man, because I do not think that that's what he is. It was so funny watching this with you and Jesse because you were, or sorry, Jesus, you and Lenny. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Do we have to go over that again? <laughs> I was watching it with you and another person also named Jesse, you and Lenny, because you were both so like, <laughs> so <laughs> <around> Jace. <laughs> He's a capitalist bastard man. Look, look, okay. He invents this thing called Hextech, and he Mm -hmm. goes, this is my cool thing that is only for science. And then he shows you a bunch of fucking weapons, and then goes, yeah, I would never make a weapon out of this. You see this thing over here? That's a fucking weapon, but no, I've never made a weapon. And then he has this giant hammer out of nowhere after he spent a whole episode being like, we're not making weapons. And I'm like... What the fuck is this thing, then? (laughs) Okay, this is another symptom of this being a video game. Because so very clearly, all the Hextech things that Jason and Victor are making are the weapons of the characters in the video game. But but the show... The the in within the fiction of the show, they are meant to be technological items to help people. Obviously, they get turned into weapons, but like within the context. 
context of the show, Jace is not making them to be weapons. <laughs> He's like, this is for mining. This is for whatever. Yes, it's ridiculous because they are clearly weapons, but it's not his intention. But you don't have to make the character like that. It makes him seem like a fucking moron. He's like, here are these giant gloves that we made specifically for mining. Oh, you think they look like a giant version of brass knuckles that could break someone's face in? That's weird. I definitely meant them just to punch mountains. Look, I didn't say Jace wasn't stupid. You can argue that Jace is very (laughs) foolish, but I do not think that Jace intends at any point to be a, like... Capitalist bastard man? Yeah, a capitalist bastard man. I don't, like, I wrote a whole thing of notes about Jace after you and Lenny were being so hard on him. I was like, no, Jace is such an interesting character. Here's my whole, like, personal essay about Jace as a character. I don't know if you want me to go into all the details, but... Explain to me why this man, who is supposedly fighting against police corruption... At the first sign of trouble from the Undercity is like, yeah, let's just segregate the entire city. Let's put a bunch of fucking cops on the bridge to, like, assault anyone who tries to get into our nice, clean city. Is that a man I'm supposed to like? Okay, this is, okay, here's my, like, thesis statement about Jace. At every single turn, whenever Jace has to make a decision in the show, he wants to make the decision that's going to, like, be the right decision or to help the most people. And he just continually gets like whipped around by all these other characters who have very like personal motivations. Heimerdinger is like, magic is bad, get rid of magic. And Jace is like, I guess I have to give up my magic dream because Heimerdinger said magic is bad and that's the right choice. Then Victor comes around and Victor wants to like make change in the world and help the Undercity and whatever. Victor's like, no, we're gonna do magic. And Jace is like, I guess we're gonna do magic again because that's the right choice. And then Mel comes along and Mel is like, you need to join the council and you need to help to uh, Piltover become a better city because her whole motivation is like making Piltover strong and rich. So he's like, I guess I need to join the council and help make Piltover stronger and better. And then like Marcus's motivation is like, he wants to please Silco so Silco doesn't like kill his daughter. And so Marcus is trying to manipulate Jason. He's like, we need to do this. And Jason's like, oh my God, I guess that the way we need to keep people safe is to make sure that all these like drugs and contracts band don't come into the city and all this like bombs and stuff i guess you're right we do need to make a a blockade on the bridge so he does that and then like at every turn he's like okay what what am i supposed to do to make the right choice and then there's people around him like being like this is the right choice and he's like i guess it's the right choice he makes a lot of bad decisions but at no point is his decision like selfish or greedy or wanting to like do something bad which I think is really interesting because, like, I'm not saying he makes all the right decisions. I just think as a character, his motivation is very interesting because he's like almost the one character whose motivation is just to, like, do the right thing. And I think it, like, is such a good example of how the situation in this world, there is not one right answer that is the right thing. Because he's trying to do it and continually does bad things. And, like, Vi wants him to go, like, smash the factory, whatever, because Vi's motivation is to get rid of Silco. And he's like, I guess I'm going to go do a big attack on the factory because that's the right thing to do. Also was a bad decision, but he thought he was doing the right thing. Like, at every turn. Okay, your interpretation of that is wild. Because (laughs) what you just told me is that Jace is a spineless, soulless puppet who just gets thrown around by everyone, which is not a good character trope. If I threw that character at you in any other book, you would be like, who the fuck is this random man who just 
is like essentially a puppet for the throne. But it's not. It is. It is, though. Everyone tells him to do something and he's like, yep, fine. Guess I'll do that. And he can go around being like, I guess that's the right thing. But if he has no opinion on what he thinks the right thing is, then that is bullshit. But he does have an opinion because he wants... He doesn't! You just told me he goes with what everyone else says. (laughs) No, like, okay, his opinion is he wants to help people and keep people safe. That's why he starts doing the magic. That's why he, when he becomes a council member, he's, like, making all the other council members mad because he's actually, like, dealing with all the corruption that's there. But... He's trying to find, like, what the good thing to do is, and there is no one right answer, so he makes a bunch of bad decisions, but, like, with the intention of doing good, and, like, there's a bunch of other people who also have their own motivations that are not necessarily to do good, not that they're... Anyways, I don't think we're going to agree on Jace, but that was my notes about Jace. (laughs) We're not going to agree on Jace because he doesn't make his own decisions. He's manipulated into making decisions. He is manipulated into making decisions because his motivation as a character is he wants to do good. But, like, there is not one answer for that. Okay, I mean, our compromise can be going from capitalist bastard man to spineless capitalist bastard man. No, he's not a capitalist bastard. You just <laughs> described to me a worse person than who I thought he was. <laughs> no, because if he's a okay, if he's a capitalist bastard man, his motivation would be get rich, get successful, get famous, be super rich and whatever. That's not his motivation. Okay, but his motivation is always like, my technology can do more. My technology can do better. I want more for my technology. And people keep making him do other things. How is that? That's not capitalism. <laughs> He's not like, I want people to pay me to make this. I want I want to withhold this from people in order to become rich and famous. <laughs> that would be capitalism. <laughs> I want to exploit people to make more of this thing so I could become a rich bastard. <laughs> like, that's not what he wants. Fine. Spineless bastard, man. No! <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? As long as you take out the capitalist word, I will agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's so funny because Jace isn't even my favorite character in this show or anything. I was just like, I had so many thoughts about him and I was like, you're wrong. (laughs) I mean, Lenny agrees with me. We both hate him a lot. Oh, no. He's so interesting, but... We can disagree on uh, what kind of character is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. The only thing I care about Jace is him dating Silco. That's fair. I also, like, did not expect to like Jace when I started watching it, and then I ended up thinking that he was such an interesting character, so I was like, no, I need to I need to talk about him more. But it's fine. <laughs> I also know nothing about who Jace is as a character in League of Legends. Maybe he is horrible in the League of Legends canon, but just, just with the context of the show, that's my opinion on him. But who knows? Who knows? There could be more Jace lore out there based on the, sh- the game that is different. <laughs> I'm just going to move on so that we stop having this argument. <laughs> we should talk about Jace's boyfriend, who... Which one? <laughs> his real boyfriend, Silco? Wait, okay, hold on. <laughs> because- We're not going to litigate whether or not Silco and Jace is canon. That is canon in our podcast. Okay, I, but just for, for clarification, because in any other context, Jace's boyfriend would mean Victor. And Silco's boyfriend would mean Vander, but that's not the world we live in. <laughs> okay, okay, just, I was just clarifying. <laughs> 
off topic, but the fact that there's this giant stone statue of Vander in mm-hmm. the middle of the Undercity that was presumably built after Silco took power mm-hmm. means that either A, Silco fully supported this statue being made and was just like, yeah, make a big stone statue of my ex-boyfriend, that's fine. Or B, <laughs> the city built this on their own and Silco, fully in power of the Undercity, was just like, yeah, that's fine. I want to look out my window and stare at this big buff stone statue of my boyfriend. Like, yeah. God. I mean, why wouldn't he? I love Silco. Silco's such a dad. Silco's a dad. He's yes. just, he's a sweet dad. You think, you think Silco's going to be awful. And then when Powder, spoilers, gets abandoned and she's like, no, Vi left me. And she just hugs him and Silco's like, what the fuck? And then he hugs her back and then he's just her dad. Yes. There's so many moments where, like, it could have been a manipulation. It could have been a bad thing he was doing. And yeah, like, he fucking sucks as a father and he obviously raised her very badly and he tries to drown her at one point. But he's just her dad. Yes, 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 yes. Silco is such an interesting character. I love what they did with him. I love what they did with him and Jinx. I am so emotional over Silco being a good dad. Like, Jace, on in their romantic sunset meeting, <laughs> J- <laughs> Jace asks Silco to give up Jinx, and Silco's like, no, fuck you, that's my daughter. <laughs> and then, and then a poor Silco... Jinx kills him, and she apologizes, and Silco is like, no, I forgive you, you're perfect, you're my daughter, and I'm like, god, I would die for that man. Also, (laughs) I realize saying this, I have dragged a lot better fathers on this show, and will continue (laughs) to drag people who are a lot better fathers than Silco, but... This, again, goes back to my Grey's Anatomy statement that my main problem with these men are that they're good love interests. My main problem with other dads is that they are presented as good dads. Silco's not. Silco sucks. Silco is evil. He's such a good dad. Yes, I I totally agree. They did such a good job of showing that Silco's love for Jinx is very genuine, but also that he is a terrible person who has, like, completely turned her into just, like, a completely unstable person who, like, this was not a good environment for a child to grow up in, but he does genuinely love her. Yeah, he does genuinely care about her. He's not just trying to manipulate her. Like, Mm -hmm. this is genuinely his daughter. He adopted a child. And, (laughs) God, if you just saw, like, the first two episodes of this, you wouldn't think I'd be like, Silco. Man who loves his adopted daughter very, very much. Yes. Oh, so good. Yes, everything about that is great. That feel when your ex-boyfriend dies, so you adopt his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also a moment in one of the last few episodes where Silco says to Vi that he thought that Vi was, like, the crown jewel of Vander's family and, like, kind of implies that he maybe wanted to take Vi or use Vi, maybe, like, Probably not so much as a daughter, but, like, as... Because she's strong and capable, yeah. But that he, like, kind of accidentally ended up with Jinx and is like, yeah, no, this is great. No, she's better than you, and I love her. And you spent (laughs) all that time being mean to her and telling her she wasn't good, but Jinx, that's my girl. 
To be fair, Vi never said that Jinx wasn't good. Vi is the one who called her Jinx in the first place. Mm, no, yes. I thought Milo was. No, Milo says she's a liability. But the thing that keeps playing in Jinx's head is when Vi calls her a Jinx. Like, maybe Milo said it first. Yeah. But that's not... And I don't blame Vi for that. Vi is like, what, 15, 16 in that scene? Her whole family has just died. Mm. Like, you are going to have a bad reaction to yeah. that. I do not blame her for that. But Silco is still Jinx's very real dad. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. But, okay, yes, I think at one moment right after Jinx kills her entire family, she calls her a Jinx again as, like, a callback to Milo saying it, like, very casually earlier. But, like, other than that, every other time that anyone else was saying that Powder wasn't good enough, Vi was completely on her side. Like, Pow- like yes. Vi was, was not a bad sister to Powder at all. No, Vi is a great sister, and Vi still very much supports Jinx, despite the fact that Jinx is unhinged. Mm-hmm. And I love Jinx to death. Jinx mm-hmm. is absolutely my favorite character in this show. She's an insane person. Yes, she's very good. She's amazing. She's throwing bombs everywhere. She's incinerating things. Silco's like, why did you do that? And she's like, Dad, I had to explode the thing. And he's like, yes. Good job, daughter. Yes, you did. Wait for all my AO3 fics about uh, Jason Silco raising an insane daughter. I can't wait. I can't wait to read all of your Jason Silco fics. (laughs) I don't know if I am... I love this show. I will definitely watch more of it when more of it comes out. I don't know if I'm invested Mm -hmm. enough to write fanfic about it. (laughs) That's fair. I feel like you have to have a very specific, uh, like, itch for something to write fanfic for it, if that makes sense. Although, after, speaking of Jace, after I watched this show, I immediately wrote a fic about Jace. (laughs) About how how he's just a sweet man who wants to bring his technology to the masses. Also, oh my god, okay. Uh I'm not reopening the Jace debate, (laughs) but the whole thing where they lose a piece of Hextech Hextech Mm -hmm. or whatever, and they're like, it could be in the Undercity. They could make weapons. They could do bad things. I understand that their concern is they're gonna make, like, awful bombs and send it to Parliament, which... They do. Yeah. But, <laughs> but there's also a very real moment in here that is they could create technology like we have and make their lives better. Like, there is no guarantee that what they would do with this is build a weapon. Especially because Jay spends the whole time being like, this isn't a weapon. And as soon as the Undercity has it, they're like, no, they're going to do evil with this. And I'm like, they they could just improve their lives. Yeah, they could. I mean, also, to be fair, it's not so much Jace who wants them to get it back. It's like yes. the council who do think that the Undercity is going to make weapons. Also, okay, I'm, this is not part of the debate. This is just one last thought about my Jace thesis. There's a line in the, I think, last episode with Victor and Jace where Victor says... In our pursuit to do great, we fail to do good. And that's, like, a lot of people yeah. quote that. It's weird to me that Victor says that line, because I feel like if 
Jace said that line, that would be such a perfect, like, culmination of Jace's character. Because to me, Victor was less having, like, this pursuit of doing great and trying to help people. It was, he obviously also wanted to help people and had a similar motivation to Jace. But his arc through the show is more about him trying to, like, help himself. And I don't blame him. Like, I think there's totally legitimate that he's like, I'm dying and I think that I could do something good to for myself and for the world. But like his character, I feel like is less about this desire to like do great. Jace's whole thing is how he wants to do great for the world, but he failed and he didn't even manage to do good. So I really wish that Jace had said that line because I think that that, that line captures Jace's character really well. That's like That's the thesis of Jace's character to me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. The only other note I have, and I'm going to say this so you first so you don't debate <laughs> me on this. Okay, okay, I won't. I, I understand these two things happened for very different reasons, but it still mm-hmm. feels hypocritical to me. When we first meet mm-hmm. Vander, Vander has this deal with this cop to be like, you come to me first when cop things are going on in the Undercity. And then yeah. Silco also has a deal with a cop to be like, you come to me first when cop things are going on in the Undercity. And I understand Vander's motivation is to protect his people and Silco's motivation is to sell more drugs. Mm-hmm. But it still drove me insane that the second one is, like, framed as this great evil. And I'm like, but but this already happened once and we were cool with it. I understand the motivations are different, but the framing of them as concepts is so wildly different that I was like, but they're both doing this. I mean, yeah. They're doing it for different reasons and in different ways, though. I don't know. And, like, I mean, as the viewer, you are definitely supposed to, like, view Vander and and Grayson's deal as, like, good. But when the kids find out about what Vander's doing, they are equally mad about it. They are not happy that Vander has this deal. (laughs) I agree. And I think... I do think I mean, like, from the viewer's perspective, it's weird that they're different because... It's not different to the people in the world. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I do think it's interesting that to the people in the world, it doesn't matter the reason the Undercity doesn't work with cops. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that's interesting that, like, as a viewer, you can see, like you said, that that Vander and Silco's motivation for working with the cops are very different and Vander's is quote-unquote more honorable or valid but to the people in the world yeah it they're equally like that's terrible don't work with the, oh the the not the overcity they don't call it that <laughs> i wish the they did <laughs> also pilt under huh <laughs> it should be pilt over pilt under <laughs> instead of zon it's just pilt under pilt under this is getting a little bit into like what i know about the characters in the game and i don't know a lot so i could be misunderstanding this, but as far as I know, in the game, Vi's character is an enforcer for Piltover. Like, she works essentially with the cops of Piltover, and I'm like, 
Unless she literally just decides that, like, I'm in love with Caitlyn, so I'll just do whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to know how Vi goes from who she is now to literally working for Piltover. Like, being, like, yeah. an enforcer. When, like, like, there is nothing they can do for her to become that that will not make me hate her that I can think of. Like, maybe they will, but I cannot think of a character arc for Vi where she becomes an enforcer for Piltover that is not, like... Why would you do this, Vi? <laughs> Maybe she's undercover as an enforcer <laughs> to take the cops down from the yeah. inside. I mean, I, I Which guess... Which is also actually very funny. That would be funny. I, I feel like it, it's less that. I'm guessing what it is is because clearly Vi's whole motivation in this was like, Silco's evil, take down Silco. So I could see her like working for Piltover because her motivation is take down Silco and Piltover's motivation is take down Zahn and to Vi, that's like one and the, the same. same. Yeah. So I, I guess we kind of even got a little bit of that when like she and Jace go down and like destroy the factory. Um, Because to her, she's like, yeah, that's taking down Silco. But like, in a way, it's also just like doing what the council wants in like attacking the Undercity. So I guess I take it back. Maybe I do see how they're going to go there. But like, I don't know, man. I really like Vi, and I'm really scared about what they're going to do to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good negative character arc. Oh, that's true. That's true. It might be good. <laughs> I know it's unpopular. I know a lot of people are like, no, you ruined this character. I'm like, if a character becomes a worse person, good on them. Go for it. Do it. Oh, uh, yeah. Love it. Yes, this was this was a good show. It was. It's It's... It's... Good. Also, I don't think you meant, you didn't mention it yet, but at the end of episode three, like, you, you were so sad. I was distressed <laughs> during the end of episode three. I was, like, curling into Natasha. I was like, I can't, we can't do this. Like, what do you mean? They're going to kill all these small children in the building. And poor Powder, like, yes, it's her fault, but she's fucking nine. She's a nine-year-old. Like... Oh my god, the poor kid. And and then she gets a dad, so. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I, I honestly think the end of episode three is my favorite part of this whole series. Like, there's a lot of good moments in the series, and I don't think it, like, goes downhill after episode three or anything. No. But, like, just everything about the, like, last half of that episode is so heart-wrenching, so well done, so, like, yeah, like, what Powder does is horrible, but she didn't mean to in any way. And it's, like, so, like, imagine being like, I'm going to help my family. And then you kill almost your entire family. Like, that's horrifying. Yeah, there is a good reason Jinx is who she is in Absolutely. the rest of the series. And, yeah, I completely agree. I think that is really the strongest moment it is so distressing yeah oh yeah that's also when um in the episode we record the, the like um when we talked about the pilot of arcane i mentioned that this show has like the reverse of fridging almost where like a lot of male characters die for the female characters <laughs> story arcs and i'm mainly talking about that scene where milo Clagor and vander all die to in a way, to f further Jinx and Vi's stories. Yeah. But, like, I'm not mad about it. I think and it's so Silco well done. And dies to, like... Yes! Yes! So Jinx can become a drug kingpin, I hope. Yes! I, I hope the next season is Jinx being a drug kingpin. 
I feel like it must be. It's gotta be. I'd support her so much. Yes. They also... We haven't mentioned her yet, but Savika. Savika is also one of my favorite characters in the show. And she is unkillable, and I am not mad about it. There's, like, three or four different times in the show where, like, it seems like she's dead and she should be dead, but she's not dead. And I am so glad (laughs) that they just keep her around no matter what happens to her. I was so sure she was dead so many times, and then she Mm -hmm. disappears, and I was like, I thought you were dead. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm not mad about it. (laughs) No. We should we should wrap this up. Yes, yes, yes. We've been talking for a while. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad you watched it. I'm so glad you liked it. I can't wait till the next season comes out, which will probably be in like two years. But, <laughs> um, we can watch it we'll together. We'll just play then. League of Legends in the meantime. Yeah, and you can see... I don't know if you've seen their character designs in League of Legends... Not nearly as good. Not nearly as good. Vi in League of Legends is a mess. Oh, poor girl. Uh, yeah. Why do you need ruffles on your armor? Why? Why do you need ruffles on your armor? You don't. I mean, I guess if it was like a purposeful choice, if you were like, fuck it, I'm putting ruffles on my armor, but that's mm-hmm. not what Vi's ruffles look like. No. No. <laughs> uh, okay. So, thank you for listening to our bonus episode. Mm-hmm. We are so happy you're here. You can email us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at epiphaniespod. You can leave us a review on iTunes and tell us everything you love about Arcane. That's what your review should be. Your review <laughs> on iTunes should be a review of Arcane, but for our podcast. Yes, absolutely. That's... um very much what reviews are for. <laughs> I'm 98% sure that's correct. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> As is our bonus episode sign-off, uh, we are smarter than all of you combined because we've watched Arcane. Yeah. So, if you haven't watched it yet, do it. <laughs> do it. Bye. Bye. Bye.